Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us on AM 1420. The answer for the Bob France Authority at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Monday, the 13th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so very much. Congressman Jim Jordan will be joining us today, as he always does on Mondays. Actually, though, he will be a little later than normal. He had to bump his uh, schedule back. He'll be joining us at 10.35 this morning. So if you normally listen in hour number one, you get him. If you don't listen in hour number two, you will miss him. So I would suggest you start listening to both hours of the broadcast. What do you think? Fair enough? I think it's a good idea. Uh, so uh, Congressman Jordan will be joining us again at 10.35 this morning. Looking forward to that. Uh, he's got a lot of thoughts on the Richard Burr subpoenaing of Don Jr. to testify before a Senate panel. Uh, despite the fact that Don Trump Jr. has testified for some 27 hours already and was cleared and not implicated in anything after doing so. Also not, not uh, implicated in anything by the Mueller report. Why is Republican Senator Richard Burr siding with Democratic senators like Richard Blumenthal trying to uh, drag this thing out and drag Donald Trump Jr. back before the Senate committee. It makes no sense whatsoever. It is just simply pointless. Uh, Congressman Jordan will talk to us about that, as well as the latest FBI story not having to do with former director James Comey, who's out there doing this self-publicity tour and embarrassing himself on a regular basis. But no, we're not talking about James Comey. We can talk about him all we want and will. Matter of fact, I'm going to let Sidney Powell talk about him uh, uh, because uh, uh, it's it's extraordinarily important. I've got some audio that I'll share with you, former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell. But uh, no, current FBI director Christopher Wray, who was appointed by President Trump, now being called out by President Trump 
in a series of tweets. Just another abuse of power, writes the president, in a long series of abuses of power by the Democrats that began during the Obama administration, continued through the Mueller FBI operation, and now the baton has been passed to Jerry Nadler to continue to abuse power to harass President Trump. I love when he speaks about himself in the third person. And the Democrat National Committee, the Democrat Party apparatus, has been caught using donor dollars to collude with Russian intelligence to attack a domestic political opponent, me. The FBI has no leadership, he wrote. The director is protecting the same gang that tried to overthrow the president through an illegal coup. End quote. He literally wrote those words, and now he is talking about Christopher Wray. Uh, we got a problem here. We got a problem. It's one thing for the president to sack James Comey as he did, which I believe was the right thing to do for a variety of reasons, because I do not believe he was acting in good faith on in the best interest of the United States. He was acting as a political tool uh, of the DOJ that was run by Loretta Lynch. And then, of course, when President Trump took over, he was essentially, uh, Comey was essentially running at the orders of Rod Rosenstein. Uh, we had a problem. No, no, make no mistake about it. James Comey, who illegally and admittedly, that's right, he said that he did this, leaked, uh, classified information to a friend so that it would be publicized in the New York Times and get a special counsel appointed to investigate Donald Trump. Comey is a problem. We know that. And he was rightfully fired by the president. And the president then appointed Christopher Ray to take his place. And now the president is coming after Christopher Ray, and I don't know what that means. President Trump may have been aware of Christopher Ray's corrupt disposition prior to today, writes the conservative treehouse. However, this is the first visible indication he understands the inter, uh, um, internecine organization of it. He said, hopefully we can start the countdown clock to Ray's exit as well. That's not the president's being in. That's just a writer of conservative treehouse, um, which is a great publication, by the way. But Christopher Ray, this is a very interesting and very disturbing situation. Are we away to having yet a third FBI director appointed? Is this what it means to drain the swamp? Is this what it means to clean house? It might. I'm not suggesting it's not necessarily possible or probable or the right thing to do. But, man, it's just very disturbing if it is going to be this chaotic going from, again, you know, from Comey to Ray and now to a third FBI director. How and when is the president going to know how to nominate somebody for that position who isn't going to be working to protect those who tried to uh, essentially uh, carry out a coup to remove the president from office. How do you know? In all seriousness. I mean, I'm sure he appointed Christopher Wray thinking this is the opposite of James Comey. And if it turns out that Christopher Wray is indeed protecting those who tried to orchestrate the coup, then he's no different than James Comey. But the president chose him. So... What A, what does that say about the president's judgment? B, if it's not the president's fault because we didn't know any nobody knew anything about this uh you know about Ray until he was already appointed and then confirmed, how are you gonna know who to nominate the next time around if it comes down to that? So we gotta get into that a little bit. Uh, today, and we'll do so with Congressman Jordan. Uh a lot of other ground to cover as well. I want to uh commend Senator Lindsey Graham. Senator Lindsey Graham uh, you know, I think Hugh said this this morning as I was listening to Hugh Hewitt, as I do each and every morning for as much of it as I can while also monitoring some television news and other things. But um, I think it's true. Uh, and, and Hugh put it, Lindsey Graham is doing everything. 
Lindsey Graham really, truly appears to be doing everything. He is just doing such great work on behalf of President Trump, on behalf of the United States of America, the American people, uh, and, and now that includes proposing and supporting legislation that would rework and reform our asylum laws. Our asylum laws. He's got proposals, legislation that he will introduce on the Senate side that will indeed provide us with some relief from the crisis, the emergency. It is a national emergency that we have at our southern border. Lindsey Graham deserves so we much We have this respect. plan now uh, from Lindsey Graham, and he is proposing changing the current law to allow children to be held for up to 100 days. And that's going to freak out all of the liberals. Oh, my God. God, the humanity, he's going to hold these little children for a 100 days in cages. Well, the law needs to be changed because you know what's happening now? Little children are being taken from their parents and trafficked by uh, illegals who want to cross the border and know that if they have a kid, they'll be released after 20 days because you can only hold kids for 20 days. And then so kids are being trafficked, sometimes sold by their parents, to other mules who can then use them to get across the border and get released into the United States, or, if not sold by the parents, kidnapped from them. It's a massive child trafficking issue going on right now, due in large part to the catch-and-release asylum policies currently in effect in the United States of America. So the thinking being that if Lindsey, as Lindsey Graham says, if the United States uh, changes that law and says, no, you can be held up to 100 days, with a child, or the child can be, suddenly the incentive to kidnap a kid, which leads to almost automatic entry into the United States, that incentive would be removed. But there's more to it than that. That's up from the current 20. He's also talking talking about hiring about 500 immigration judges to deal with asylum claims. Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan, meantime, is pledging to lend his support to border operations. And this issue of what to do, uh, particularly with asylum cases that are simply inundating folks along the border, that's going to be a big issue in the run-up to 2020. One of the other parts of the legislation you did not hear in that report uh, that Lindsey Graham was talking about is making sure that uh, asylum claimants, those who are wishing to claim asylum, have to make their claims from their own countries or from another country that they are able to uh, to enter into, like da, 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 Mexico. You have to make that claim from Mexico. Right now, we have already won a very important battle when it comes to uh, the asylum border issue, and it was the shockingly the Ninth Circle of Hell, otherwise known as the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, um, that gave the president that victory last week, saying that we can indeed take current asylum claimees that are being held in some of our detention centers um, and ship them to the other side of the border, send them on the other side to Mexico from whence they came, and make them wait there. And they can wait there. I think the deal that the United States struck with Mexico a deal that was then enjoined uh, in a federal court. But again, now that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has overturned that, essentially saying that the we can indeed take Mexico up on their offer to hold these people on that side of the border uh, until their asylum hearings are ready for, ready for uh, processing in the United States. You know, Mex- I think the deal with Mexico was up to a year. That certainly helps a ton. So uh, we have a little bit of leeway there. We have a little bit of room. There's been some good news. The President of the United States was right to make that deal with Mexico, a federal appeals court, the ninth circle. 
That's right, Circle. Uh, I'm going to continue to refer to it that as always uh, until they give us reason not to. This is one ruling. Not, it's not going to change the, the the most liberal uh, circuit court of appeals in the entire country yet. It's one ruling. But the president got that victory, and now uh, Senator Graham is pushing for more. And I think these are great policies. They're sound policies, and hopefully they will be embraced. All right, uh, I'm going to get a quick time out here. Phone lines are open to you for the first uh, hour of the program. Correction, just got word. Chris Long is going to join me in about 20 minutes. I did not realize. That's outstanding. Chris Long, the uh, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance and the man who was behind. All right, it's uh, 923. Now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420. The answer, thanks so much for being with us. We'll open up phone lines at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I want to go back to what I was discussing uh, about Senator Lindsey Graham. When I mentioned he's doing a little bit of everything here, um, I, I really mean that. He's been one of the president's uh, greatest champions on its, uh, champions on such a, uh, an important number of things, including, obviously, uh, the um, Mueller report. Going back to Judge Kavanaugh, he was the very, very strongest, most stalwart supporter of Brett Kavanaugh being confirmed to the um, United States Supreme Court. Now he's working like a... Uh, uh, I don't even know if I have the right uh, analogy here, but he is working his tail off here on trying to change the asylum laws, as well as uh, uh, to get to the bottom of the nonsense, the coup. The That's uh, what President Trump calls, and I don't disagree, to try to remove the president. They tried to stop him from become, becoming president. Yesterday, Sunday morning futures, he was on. And the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the, uh, on the Senate side, he is working very hard to declassify a sensitive, sensitive document that proves that authorities knew the Steele dossier, the Trump dossier prepared by Christopher Steele, which the FBI used to justify spying. That's right, secret surveillance is called spying on a Trump uh, campaign member, a former Trump aide, and they lacked any substantial independent corroboration whatsoever. That's one of the things he talked about yesterday on Sunday Morning Futures. The other thing was, again, the legislation he's going to introduce Wednesday, day after tomorrow, to stop what he called this perfect storm of illegal immigration that now constitutes an invasion at the southern border by way of asylum. And that's what we have here. It's an invasion by way of asylum-seeking individuals. Uh, and then, of course, the fact that we have no border wall means we still have the regular people who aren't even claiming asylum. We haven't gotten the memo that all you have to do is say, I claim asylum from my home country, and suddenly they're on the 20-day countdown, and they can only be held that long before they're caught and released. But some of them they just continue to bring drugs and so on and so forth. We still need a border wall, and we need to change our asylum laws. And yesterday, Senator Lindsey Graham again explained all of this on Sunday Morning Futures. I think this is worth our listen. Well, why are we going to have a million people from Central America? Why is it doubling? Because words out on the street in Central America, if you bring a minor child with you to America, we can only hold a minor child for 20 days. We release everybody, including the adults. They never show up for the hearing because it's three years from now. We also, it's been found out in Central America, if you ask for asylum, nobody's trying not to get caught. They're going to a border agent, border patrol agent, saying, I want asylum. The hearings are two, three, four years down the road. Nobody ever shows up for the hearing. So we're going to change the asylum law that you have to apply in the country where you live or Mexico. We're going to stop Central American applications being made at the border. 
because we don't have enough judges uh, for hearing dates. We're going to go to 100 days. We can hold minor children for 100 days so that we can actually process the entire family without letting them go. We're going to increase judges by 500. We got almost 900,000 backlog of asylum claims. We're going to wipe out the backlog. You got to apply for asylum where you live or in Mexico, no longer from the United States. And if you're an unaccompanied minor, we're going to send you back to Central America as if you lived in Mexico, which would be a change in our laws. This should stop 90% of the legal immigration from Central America. So now, I just want to pause here before you get the uh, cross examination from the host. Did you hear everything that Lindsey Graham just said? I hope you're listening carefully. I know sometimes, look, you listen to talk radio, you listen to shows like this one, you listen to some of the nationally syndicated shows, and sometimes the politicians and their talking points become white noise, right? They just kind of become background noise. You just you, you don't you can't process it all. I get that, and you, it just gets tiresome. Don't let that happen here. Everything that he just laid out is exactly what is needed to, as he also stated, reduce by ninety. Not nine or nineteen ninety percent the uh, number of illegal crossings here by quote unquote asylum seekers and ninety percent of them are not by the way they're just using the magic words and everything he just said is hundred percent accurate. Make them claim asylum from where they live or from Mexico if they already journey into Mexico, not at the border. We don't take those anymore. That's what we have to change the laws to do. We don't take those claimants uh, once they cross the border or once they're at the border trying to play this nonsense game with our national emergency and our crisis at the border. Uh, and, and you heard what he also said. We're going to change it from 20 days to 100 days that you can hold uh, a minor and the adults that they came across with. And if they're unaccompanied minors, they get... muster, but also with the sad recognition that it's because all of those measures would work. It's because all of those measures are common, sensible solutions to our problem that they'll never get past the House. Senator Graham can introduce this at the Senate side, but of course the liberal Democrat-controlled House will never go for any of the above, and they'll play the emotional heartstring games. Oh my God, how can you hold the children for 100 days nonsense? They'll just find reasons to poke holes in this, but it is truly a great solution. Now the cross-examination, of course. You're going to drop this package this upcoming week, Senator. Tell me what you're planning in terms of uh, approaching the law and changing the laws, actually getting rid of some of these loopholes. Right. Um, He just did, sweetheart. He literally just told you how he's going to get rid of all of these loopholes. He literally just told you what was in the package. Maybe your earpiece went out. Maybe you fell asleep. I don't know. Well, we got a perfect storm now because of broken laws. If you're from Central America, we can't send unaccompanied minors back to Central America like you do from Mexico and Canada. We're going to change that. You can only hold a a minor for 20 days. We're going to go to 100 days. But most importantly, you can no longer apply for asylum at our border. If you're from Central America, you have to apply for asylum at a consulate in your country. We're going to set up one in Mexico. You can apply. If you don't apply there, you're going to be turned down when you get to our border. So we're going to change the underlying broken laws to stop what I think is 
literally an invasion of people from Central America. I'm going to introduce it Wednesday. Okay, so you're going to introduce this bill on Wednesday. Do you think it will pass? If the Democrats have a better idea, tell me what it is. We're on track to get a million uh, illegal immigrants from Central America. We got a 900,000 person backlog. I'm going to have 500 immigration judges to clear the backlog. If you got a better idea, say so. It is not a manufactured crisis. I want to start a debate of how to fix this problem before it just swamps the border. He's doing great Thank work. You. He's doing great work talking about uh, the phenomenal Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, he has found his voice and he is using it. Will it pass? Not in the House, it won't. Because it made way, way too much sense. You had a reaction to that I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945. But for now, I want to hear the news. And then we're going to hear from Pastor Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance right here on AM 1420, The Air. I just really like the song, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to hear the intro. It was that good. Uh, 9.36, the Bob France Authority continues on this Monday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Phone lines are going to be open to you at 216 You want to react to the stories that we just talked about or get ahead on some of the others to come, we'll get your phone calls up and on the air. But for now, I want to open up the phone line to Chris Long. Chris Long is the pastor or is a pastor, rather, and the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We had a wonderful Spring Freedom Banquet on Friday. I asked Chris to come back on with us and kind of uh, kind of recap what happened at the banquet and then also, more importantly, talk about the path that we need to forge ahead to fund the D-Day Memorial Prayer Project. Chris, good to talk to you again, my friend. How are you, sir? Well, good morning, Bob, and thank you for having us on. And listen, thanks for a fantastic job of being our MC on Friday night. That oh, really it was my... helped to move things along, and we appreciate your professionalism, sir. <laughs> it was my pleasure. Yeah, it was an honor to be there among such great people. What a really great, great turnout, too. I mean, uh, just a fantastic group of people and donors and supporters who all kind of share the same vision. And just, Chris, because, you know, audiences turn over, as you know, because you do radio as well. For those who maybe aren't aware of exactly what the Spring Freedom Banquet's cause was this, prote- this uh, past Friday, the kickoff of the project, why don't you give everybody kind of a thumbnail sketch about what we're doing? Well, that's right. In just a few weeks, uh, the world will be recognizing the Allied Nations, the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings in June 6th of 1944, when the Allies stormed the beaches of France to uh, basically open up the final chapter uh, in defeating Nazi Germany. And, of course, it came with a great price on Omaha Beach. In fact, I've uh, been doing some research on that, Bob. You know, at the time, they estimated maybe 2,800, 3,000 casualties on the beach. That was a a grave underestimate of what actually occurred on Omaha Beach and in the the Normandy landings. They're putting casualty rates up now uh, within those first few days of more like 10,000 that occurred in in the Normandy area. And part of that was uh, because it would have been low morale to understand that that the price was that, that, uh, that high to actually take those beaches. But it was truly uh, the bloody shambles of, of Omaha Beach, and it came with a great price. 
That's why the people of France, even to this day, give great recognition to veterans now in their 90s, and some of them reaching the century mark. We had a gentleman with us on Friday night. His name is uh, Bill Miller. He landed at Utah Beach. And uh, so, yeah, we did have D-Day veterans with us on Friday night, which made the evening that much more special. We had them on the stage as we read the prayer. We actually had young people reading the D-Day prayer, because that's what it's all about. It's about passing on that legacy and that generational exchange to the next generation so they can understand. And that prayer that President Roosevelt prayed with the nation on the morning of the D-Day landings really spells out what the conflict was of the World War uh, for the United States on two battlefronts in the Pacific and European theaters, and uh, farm boys and uh, from those from our cities and towns all across the nation were fighting on battlefields all over the world. And you can understand in that prayer and sense from a president who is cognizant of all of that uh, national treasure that is being expended around the world for the cause of freedom. That's what Friday night was all about, and I agree with you. There was really a, uh, a somberness to the meeting, uh, evening. People were very much paying attention. We played a clip of Ronald Reagan from 1984 when he gave his speech at Point Du Hoc uh, there in the Normandy observance of 1984. A wonderful uh, speech that he gave on the cliffs uh, of Point Du Hoc. And at that time, of course, there was many of the veterans still available for that ceremony. Well, this year, Mr. Miller, who was with us, 96, you know, Bob, he actually drove himself to the banquet, participated, and he's going to Normandy. So at age 96, he's still able to uh, affect his own affairs, get around, and uh, communicate quite well. So we had a number of World War II veterans with us, with the young people, and that's what it was all about, to see that transfer of exchange going forward so we can carry this legacy forward. We're talking to Chris Long, who's the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. And Chris, um, you know, I know you're not, you don't do things for, for backpats and kudos, uh, but, uh, sometimes you just need to take them. Uh, and as Congressman Johnson pointed out, uh, as Bill Federer pointed out and, and, and a number of others at the event on Friday, this entire, uh, idea, uh, it, it's Genesis is with you. You, you're the one who thought and, and, and read that prayer and heard that prayer. And you can kind of maybe refresh our memories of exactly the first time you heard it and thought to yourself, why isn't this on the memorial? And as he said at the event, when you spoke, uh, on Friday night, uh, you thought, I don't know how, but I'm going to suggest to, uh, your friend, Congressman Johnson. And then of course, eventually to Rob Portman on the Senate side, what do we have to do to get this thing done? This was your idea. Can you speak to that just a little bit more? Again, I know you're not into self-promotion, Chris, but uh, this was your idea, and it's going to come to fruition once we get these funds raised. Well, thank you, Bob. Yeah, it was about seven years ago. Woke up one morning uh, after the new Congress was sworn in. That was back in 2011, after the 2010 election. The Republicans had taken back the House of Representatives. And uh, with that, I woke up one morning, told my wife, I said, hey, I've got an idea. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to ask Congressman Bill Johnson to add uh, legislation that would add FDR's D-Day prayer at the World War II Memorial. Now, the, the memorial was dedicated in 2004. Actually, it was a Democratic Congresswoman, Marcy Kaptur. We wouldn't agree with her on a lot of things, but this was a, a project that she took on as a World War II veteran came to her and said, where is our memorial? This was years earlier, and she said, well, she stopped and thought, there wasn't a World War II memorial to recognize all of what that greatest generation had done. 
So that uh, got the ball rolling, of course, the wonderful World War II memorial. But when it was commissioned, people began to recognize that the writ and the script and some of the statements around the memorial, it's a wonderful tribute to our World War II veterans, but there's not a reference to God, a prayer, or a scripture verse on it. And that's unique in Washington, because if you go to the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial, the Washington Monument, the Library of Congress, the list is endless, the U.S. Capitol. There are prayers, there's scripture verses, there's reference to God in speeches all over Washington, but not the World War II Memorial. Well, that did not go without notice to these veterans who would point to that section of the wall that has the proclamation of war, of which FDR stated on December 8, 1941. He ended it with, so help us God. And they, they would say, it's missing the four most important words, because they remember hearing that speech like it was yesterday, because the day after, they went down to the recruiter's office and signed up to serve our country for the cause of freedom. And so we told them, look, we're going to rectify that by adding this wonderful presidential prayer. So thankfully, it received broad bipartisan support in both the U.S. House of Representatives and Senator Portman got it through in 2014 by unanimous consent in the U.S. Senate. That was on the eve of the 70th anniversary of the D-Day landings. And then a, a few weeks later, President Obama quietly signed it into law. So we are very thankful for that. But now is the challenge of raising the funds for the prayers edition. Most of the memorials in Washington, the listeners may not be aware, are paid for not by tax dollars, but by private donations. Uh, the Washington uh, Monument and even the World War II Memorial, $172 million it took to raise uh, to uh, fund that project. In fact, many of us will remember that little coin can next to the register at Walmart. Did you know uh, back in the day they had that little canister? It was about the World War II Memorial. People would put in coins and a couple bucks and here and there. They raised the majority of money from those coin cans next to the registers at Walmart. So thank God for Walmart. <laughs> and That's fantastic. I didn't know that. I did not re- recall that. I mean, I, you know, we've seen those kind of things, uh, you know, those little donate for this, donate for that, drop a coin in for this or that. I did not know they had that. That's right, and that's what a national campaign will actually do. And that's what we kicked off on Friday night was a national campaign. We have initial uh, uh, investment of $20,000 as an organization. We still have receipts coming in from Friday night. We'll have an update on that on our website in the next uh, week or so. We're looking for a matching grant right here in Ohio uh, for that amount and then to present in a few weeks in Washington. By the way, there is going to be an observance on June 6th. In Washington, Senator Portman is working on something as a temporary uh, placement for a, a ceremonial dedication on June 6th, on the 75th anniversary, as we continue the remainder of the summer to raise the rest of the money for this grand edition, which is the Circle Remembrance with the D-Day Prayer. And it will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans and all of our veterans for young people to come and to pray, uh, actually to read that speech. It's a prayer speech. And when the president prayed it on June 6, 1944, it's estimated that 100 million people worldwide were listening to the way in which he chose to announce to our nation and to the world that the liberation of Europe was underway. So it's a very wonderful speech and prayer that he gave, and in fact, he hand-wrote that prayer. So you can actually read it and listen to it on our website. Just Google Ohio Christian Alliance. You'll actually see photos from Friday night. And we'll also have a message up there from Senator Portman who uh, gave a message by way of video on the D-Day Prayer Project, and we'll also have the wonderful speech by Congressman Bill Johnson that he gave. I thought it was a very uh, stirring message, and and he just can't. In fact, think about this, Bob. 
he cast a vote on the floor on Friday morning and drove all the way from Washington to be with us that night, and was there on time. I don't know how he did that. I started out from Washington, and it, I get home sometimes at midnight. The traffic and just the, the uh, travel is so difficult, but uh, he did that. Then he drove back home to Marietta, so that man has stamina. I could say that. But what a <laughs> wonderful message that he brought us because it was really reminiscent of what we all sense right now, the division in our country politically. We can see uh, with you know the two-party system and, and the viciousness and the vitriol that's going on in Washington, and there doesn't seem to be any sense of unity anywhere in the country. Uh, and he talked about that in, in tones of what was the precursor to the Civil War, and then we once fought a Civil War in this country, and, and, it, and he talked about that in a sense of uh, just the attitude among our fellow Americans. And I think it's a time for us to pray, and Friday night was a time for us to reflect upon a time when we were unified as a nation, that it wasn't about Democrat, it wasn't about Republican, it was about patriotism and love of country and fighting for the principles that we all embrace and love. Stated so very well, Chris. That's exactly what it was all about. And I just want to follow up on what you said about Congressman Johnson. In addition to the stamina he showed by driving from driving from D.C. straight through to uh, the event to get there on time, he didn't write a speech. And I and I, I remarked upon that, uh, you know, at, at the event um, after he spoke. Um, he didn't. He didn't write a speech, but he provided such an extraordinary testimony uh, to the power of prayer and its history, as of course Bill Federer did from a more historical point of view, talking about the incredibly incredible importance of prayer and reliance upon God and so on and so forth to carry us through in our most trying times and the most dangerous of circumstances. He was able to weave a story, uh, seeming from the top of his head um, that that I'll never forget. I mean, if anybody has ever had a chance to hear Congressman Bill Johnson speak, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, find him. Find a place where he's speaking and listen to him because he was extraordinary. Telling the tale from the Civil War all the way up through, uh, you know, through, you know, history itself and going all the way back and weaving biblical scripture into it as well, which he cited from top of mind. I don't know. I was just blown away by his performance and his uh, uh, presentation. And I know it moved a lot of people to reach deep inside their hearts and hopefully deep inside their wallets to donate to this very worthy cause, Chris. Well, indeed, they they did, and uh, we have a great launch point at at this time, and so we're very encouraged by that. And so there is a national website that we have up that people can go and learn about the project. It's called ddayprayerproject.org. Again, ddayprayerproject.org. The website is up. We launched it on Friday, and there will be more activity on that website. And, of course, the June 6th observance in Washington uh, at the memorial and also, President Trump is going to Normandy, and uh, Bill Miller from Fairlawn, Ohio, is making that trip, and he'll be there along with other veterans. I'm so glad to see that there's that kind of determination yet in these men to go back and to uh, reflect themselves and to visit some of the grave sites of some of their own dear friends that they lost 75 years ago. And for these men, when you, in fact, my uncle, uh, who was in uniform, uh, who served uh in the european theater and actually in the battle of the bulge he was wounded uh taken from the battlefield and was six months in a hospital you know it's funny because we had world war ii reenactors with us bob as you know and there were some men and some of them were young men from a boy scout troop that's an attachment to that uh reenactment group so when they're looking at some of these young people that's the age these men were they were 17 18 years old 
going into the military and and seeing the horrendous nature of war itself. So there was some reflection going on. There was a lot of emotions on Friday night for a lot of them uh, as they were able to reflect back and to understand uh, that we're not going to forget their sacrifice, their commitment, and those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And I think there was great appreciation on their part uh, for us uh, doing just that. Completely agree. Uh, uh, Chris Long, the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. So, Chris, thanks so much for coming on and wrapping this up as far as the banquet from Friday goes. A recap of that, but it's certainly not a wrap on the project. Now the work begins over the course, as you pointed out on our program and also at the event. There is a time limit on this legislation. It ends in 2021. If this isn't completed by then, essentially the law is is invalidated. So we need to get That's these right. funds raised so that we can get this uh, uh, this uh, prayer added and the plaques uh, made and and uh, engraved and added to the memorial. So we are in a time, uh, you know, a budget here. We'll call it that. We'll call it a time budget. It's not a time crisis yet, but uh, it's a time budget. We have to get this thing done. So we want people to donate. There are two places to do this, if you can. Uh, one is at the Ohio Christian Alliance website, which is ohioca.org, and the other is at uh, what Chris just mentioned, ddayprayerproject.org, dday just like it sounds, Prayer Project, all one word, ddayprayerproject.org. You can donate at either one of those two places to preserve this history uh, and to uh, pass on to the next generation the importance of the power of prayer and our faith in uh, making this nation what it was, or what it is, rather, and keeping it safe uh, against tyranny and against threats uh, historically and those to come for all time. Uh, Chris, really great, my friend. Thank you so much for a great event. Thank you again for inviting me to be a part of it. I was honored to do so, and let's get this ball rolling. Absolutely, Bob. Thank you so much, and we'll we'll be back with you with an update as things move along, and we hope to give you a great report. Thank I you, love, my friend. I, I look forward to that very much. Thank you, Chris. Chris Long joining us. It's 9.53. We'll get a quick time out now and come right back. Don't forget Congressman Jim Jordan, who normally joins us in this time slot, will be in uh, the second hour today at 10.35. Your phone calls, well, between now and then. Dial them up, 216-901-0945. We're back after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. Oh, less sleep better. All right, it's uh, 9.57 now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. I would uh, be remiss, I think, if I did not comment on this, although I don't have a lot to say about the passing of Doris Day, uh, other than, of course, that it is very sad, 97 years old, by the way. Obviously, a long and very full life. Uh, she died of pneumonia. She was, of course, a legendary actress and singer. Um, her heyday was pre-my day, uh, which is one of the reasons why I don't have the same memories of her that perhaps many in the older generation might. But Doris Day, uh, she appeared in over 36 films. She was a bestseller or a, 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 a very popular recording artist as well, and she spent the second half of her career slash life uh, as a as an animal rights advocate. Um, again, she was popular in the 50s and 60s, which kind of predates me, although I was born in the late 60s. Doris Day was for a different generation, and it's for you if you are a member of that different generation, meaning Doris Day's generation, that I offer you this. Hey, Santa, Santa. 
Day captured millions of fans with her beauty, her comic timing, and her singing voice. Born Doris Marianne Kappelhoff in Cincinnati in 1922, she made a name for herself as a big band singer in 1945 with Les Brown. It became a symbolic homecoming theme for G.I.'s. Day's talent brought her to Hollywood, where she worked with the likes of James Cagney, Frank Sinatra, Alfred Hitchcock, but she's best remembered for the films she made with Rock Hudson. Being such a perfect gentleman and all, it's not very flattering. Well, uh, ma'am, I, I wouldn't want to do anything that might spoil our friendship. Day got an Oscar nomination for her role in the 1959 film Pillow Talk. In the 1980s, Day stood by her co-star after Hudson announced he was suffering from AIDS. Day also starred in the films On Moonlight Bay and Calamity Jane. Did you see Miss Adam work, huh? What's it like in the big city? Boys, Chicago's the biggest noise in Illinois. Doris Day appeared in 39 movies and won several awards, including a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Anna Eliopoulos, Fox News. So the passing of Doris Day at the age of 97. Just wanted to pass that along to everyone. And, of course, prayers and condolences for those who knew and loved her. 10 o'clock now. We'll get news at the top of the hour. I want to open up the phone lines to you for the next 30 minutes. Uh, we will talk to Congressman Jim Jordan coming up at 1035 right here on AM 1420.